Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Away. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And in today's Bible study, we are going to be studying the qualifications to become a church deacon. What are the qualifications? So we find that a deacon must be a faithful servant and blameless example to the church that he is appointed to serve. His qualifications and responsibilities have roots originating from the disputes within the early church, but are necessary and relevant for the growth and administration of our church for today. The roles and responsibilities of the church deacon vary widely and have morphed in morphed to meet both the spiritual and the managerial needs of our modern churches. So we can see that that's a big improvement from uh, from the first deacons that just served tables at the beginning. The need for deacons in the church. It arose, according to Acts 6.1, it gives us the origin of the need for deacons. And in those days, when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily ministration. And a need for service to the widows was growing. And the murmurings were rooted in the thought the Hebrew widows were being favored and their allotment from the church. So deacons originated from conflicts in the early church as the number of believers was steadily growing. The qualifications of a deacon stated below are vital to the administration of these responsibilities. Number one, the qualifications of a deacon in the church. The biblical qualifications for the appointment of the deacon are specified in Acts 6.3. And I quote, As men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. These qualifications lend their importance to the ministering of the needs of widows and attending to the secular affairs of the church. Now, we find that the first seven deacons, according to Acts 6 and verse 1 and 7, were chosen by the church and affirmed by the apostles. And in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews, the Greek-speaking Jews, among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. So the twelve are the original twelve apostles. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our, our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word of God. The proposal pleased the whole group and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. They also chose Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. 
They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, and the number of disciples in, Jeru in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Qualifications for deacons as found in 1 Timothy, the third chapter, and verses 8 through 13. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons, and if they prove themselves blameless, their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let the deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children in their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. We also find that they need to be sober and not greedy. In 1 Timothy 3.8, Paul taught, In the same way deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. A deacon's tongue and heart must be in agreement. He cannot act or speak in one fashion to the church members and then another to the pastor. Being sober and not greedy are qualities that prevent the deacon from taking advantage of the church's resources for his own benefit. Managing his own family well. And in 1 Timothy 3, verses 4 through 5, it states, he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. And if anyone does not know how to manage his own family, then how can he take care of God's church? Makes sense. The deacon must be sober and the ruler of his own home. If he is not capable of using a clear and sound mind or resolving household conflict, he is not suited to handle these duties within the church. Be full of the spirit and the wisdom. The appointed deacon must always act in guidance of the Holy Spirit. There are biblical responsibilities for the office of deacon, but the individual servant in the, in the position should be in constant prayer for leading and guiding his duties specifically commanded for himself. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word as again found in Acts 6, 3-4. And the deacon must be in constant prayer in order to successfully and rightfully execute his duties. 
This close connection to the Heavenly Father assures us that not only are his overt actions appropriate, but that his motives are pure. We remember he has to be the husband of only one wife. Just as these qualifications are mostly subjective, so are the duties of the deacon in the modern churches. The only objective qualification of a deacon is to be the husband of, of one wife. This criterion is met by a man who has never married or only has one living wife. The duties of a deacons in church. In 1 Timothy 3, Paul further outlines the qualifications as he defines the responsibilities of the office of deacon and bishop. The two offices share similar duties but are distinct in that the bishop preaches the gospel and administers the ordinances of the church, and the deacon is to set up and prepare the table for the administration of the Lord's Supper. And in the early church, the deacons rationed any of the leftover elements to the poor of the church or locality. The deacon is to visit the sick and needy of the church and prepare necessary matters for church meetings. If a conflict arises within the church, the deacon is to assist the pastor in easing any tensions or resolving the conflict. The province of, a, of the church deacon board has steadily shifted and grown. Instead of primarily caring for the sick and the widows of the church, deacon boards have become the pseudo-corporate offices in many churches. And they are deemed the overseers of the church property and its financial stability. Many pastors feel that it is the responsibility of the deacons to visit within the community and to invite them to the church. Deacons should have a part in the church's visitation ministry, but the people in the community want to see and know the pastor of the church. So in summary, the deacon must be a faithful servant and blameless example to the church that he is appointed to serve. And his qualifications and responsibilities have roots originating from the disputes within the early church, but are necessary and relevant for the church and the administration of, the, of our church today. And you know, friends, maybe you're thinking about getting into the ministry and... Uh, and trying to serve more now that you are uh, more mature in the word. And that's awesome. And uh, Or maybe you are considering joining a church and, uh, and giving your soul and your, and your heart to Christ today. And I just, you know, this is a lesson that there's going to be opportunities for you to serve even further. For all we do, we are all servants of the Lord, one way or another. God gave us all different talents. Amen? And friend, I want you to consider something. I want you to consider yourself extending your hand out to greet someone. 
And that person just walks by and doesn't even acknowledge you. And then I want you to think of how the Lord has been extending his hand out to you for days, months, and years. And you've just walked by and never acknowledged him. How do you think that made him feel? But lucky for us, he's not a God of vengeance. He's not waiting to nail you and prosecute you and and punish you. No, friends. He's waiting to have a relationship with you. He's waiting for you to hold his hand and for you to confess your sins so that he can give you eternal life. And if you would like to accept Jesus today, I'm going to be saying a prayer and I would welcome you to pray after me or pray along me to bring Jesus into your life. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne and I ask you for forgiveness of all of my sins. This day, my Lord, I take your hand. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I know that you are the living God, that you were raised on the third day, Father. And I accept your, your sacrifice on Calvary. Father, please come into my life. Please help me. You know where I am right now in life. And you know that I need you. Please bring hope to me. Please help me, Lord. Please speak to me. Guide me. Protect me. Hold my hand from this day forward, Father. And don't let go. As I want to spend eternity in heaven. With you. With God the Father. And God the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And friend, if you said that prayer, I do believe that you are born again. I encourage you to find a good Bible preaching and teaching church. I encourage you to also buy a Bible that's easy for you to read. And that you would go to your Wednesday Bible class, your Sunday school on Sunday, and then go to your sermons on Sunday. And take as many notes as you can. And then in your devotional time, I want you to take your notes, grab your Bible, and pray. Before you start studying and opening the word of the Lord, I would encourage you to pray that God would give you, that he would open your understanding and that he would cause you to remember the information that you're learning about him so that one day you might be able to help someone else who had your similar situation. Amen. And there's no doubt that you're going to grow in God and you're going to win many souls for his kingdom. I always like to close all of my podcasts in remembrance 
of the of the pastor who said the best phrase I've ever heard. His name was John H. Osteen. And Pastor Osteen had this this phrase that he would close out all of his TV sermons with. And he would say, keep Jesus first place in your life and he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. Amen. The very best I've ever heard. Friends, thank you. Thank you for your time and for the privilege of being able to share Christ with you. And I look forward to talking with you tomorrow on our podcast. May his blessings and protections be upon you and yours today and always. In Jesus' name, thank you.